what's happening everybody welcome back to another episode episode nine once again with the man rob drew we dive into some things talking about uh some coaching elements and how i worked with a lot of people for the u.s cup down in fayetteville Uh, we also dive into rob and i's struggles sometimes filming videos and a lot of other good stuff. So pretty solid hour-ish of information. So give it a listen. Let me know what you think. And also remember that this episode is sponsored by the Ride Series MTB Skills Clinics. So go check out the rideseriesmtb.com and take a look at the schedule to figure out what city you would like to come attend to make the best upgrade you can make to your bike. And that is making you a better rider. Enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. Too late. Okay, there we go. We're on, we're on the air. Okay, now I'm back in Zoom and I don't know what's going on on YouTube. So I'm going to. We're live on YouTube. Try to pull it up now. Oh, here we go. Dude, five people watching. High five, people. Right, you could join us. Um, okay. All right, live chat, dude. I got it up. We're rocking. And I'm going to put it right there. Hello, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy Welcome Saturday. to the Ron Rich Show. That's why you're home oh, watching through on YouTube. <laughs> High five, people. Oh, dude, hang on a second. Right, you could join us. Um, Hang on. Hang on. I got to Dang it. All right. Live chat, dude. I got it up. We're rocking. Okay. You there now? Okay. Now I got it. Dude, I had the volume going on. I had the volume going on. I, dude, I have to figure this out. This is amateur. Yeah. I don't know. Is this your first rodeo? It's not. So did you like the video? I did. thought it was really good. I thought Andy Lai did a nice job. Yeah. Andy. Andy did well. Do you want to give people any insight into how that day started? With my grenade of the tire? No, dude. Before that. After that. The next day. <laughs> dude, when you and I got into it, and then Andy had to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I don't even remember what that was about. Hey, hey I'm glad you forgot trail dad cheers from the san francisco bay area um yeah so anybody who just watched that video that was one of the first ones that we did the first how-tos that we did so rob isn't quite as dialed in as i am to how those work but at the same time i was doing a poor job of communicating what i was after i was asking him to not listen to what I was saying, but understand what I meant. <laughs> By osmosis. What I mean, not what I'm saying. Listen to what I mean. And it took a while, but I think we got it figured out. Oh. That was a fun one. And I didn't know what to name it, but that's one of those. It's funny because I wrote it and I have to finish. I wrote it in the text of the video. I said, is this an advanced move or more of a basic move? And I said, I I think it might be more of a basic move because the quicker you can start to implement it, the better it's going to be for you moving forward. 
it should be taught early, but it's not. So you could call it an advanced move. Yeah. Well, it's funny because that, that dovetails right into, I think the bigger picture of the coaching piece and dude, I've, as we've talked about, I've been overwhelmed with coaching here um, during the week in Bentonville. And it's just crazy. The amount of people that have been reaching out, the amount of people I've been working with and it's riders of all different skill levels. The U S cup was recently in town. And for anybody who's not familiar with what that is, it's a Tokyo qualifier. So it's a very high level cross country race. Everybody has to speak Japanese. Yeah. Well, it was on a purpose built track down at a place called Centennial down in Fayetteville. And the place is amazing. But when I went and did a little preview of it, I didn't cross, realize. Cross country capital of the world? Potentially. It might be. Well, I mean, of course, it's the mountain bike capital of the world. Cross country is within that umbrella. Okay. But people were really thrown off by this track because technically it was a much higher level than they were used to. So I was getting calls left and right to work with different people. And I worked with some very high level riders and I worked with some really new riders comparatively. And, you know, the thought process is the same. The technique is the technique, how you convey it, I think is very different. All those people were very different, but you know, I've really been thinking about that a lot more lately. And you and I have been talking about it a lot more lately. It's an art. It's an art. The more you do it and the more situations you're in, the more you realize there are more ways to do it. And there are more ways to come at it. And the more ways, the more tools I think you have as a coach, obviously the better you're going to be. Would you agree? Absolutely. But what I've realized too, is those tools come from experience. Like it's pretty difficult to have those tools if you don't have the experience. And so that's what I've been coming back to quite a bit. And that video, that's something that I've thought a lot about it. How do we break that down? And I, I still think about it. I thought about it when we filmed it because, it, and you said it, dude, we sat there filming other videos, watching people yank their bike off the trail. And, and to can, them, they're doing it. They're, they're doing that's, it. And, that's and what they think it feels like. That's what they <laughs> think it's supposed to be. Well, and, and you can relate to this. And I said this yesterday, I worked with a gentleman named Glenn, rad dude in his early sixties. And he hasn't been riding very long. And we, I used a lot of different techniques to get the message across to him. And we got to talking about it. I said, you know, one of the challenges for me and you is we can't relate. Like I told Glenn, I said, dude, I can't relate to what's going on in your head because it's never gone on in my head. When I started doing this, I was very young and my brain was not telling me don't do this. Your brain's telling you don't do this as it should. And so to try and shut up brain. Yeah. Well, and again, you don't want to say shut up. You want to try to gently raise that barometer a little bit. Brain. Is that Elvis? Yeah. Yeah, There you go. Trick trick the brain. Right. So yeah, we could definitely, I don't think we need to get too deep into it. I just hope that the message comes across on that video because that technique is, I think it's critical. I really think it's critical for, for safety, first and foremost, 
Because when you start yanking the bike, like you said, dude, bad, bad outcome, but also for fun, the more you can pop those things, you know, everybody wants to be the cool guy jibbing around on the trail. And when you can do that effectively and efficiently and maximize it, oh, dude, you know, you just pedaling. Everybody's hitting rocks, slowing their momentum and having a pedal to pick up speed. And you're just, yeah, yeah. I love that. Like, and I try to explain that to people when you're, when you're moving away from somebody, not pedaling, you're pumping the trail and they're pedaling. That's cool. Like that's a rad thing. Brad told me today, he's like, dude, you look like a rabbit. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. just hopping around and popping. So fun. Yeah. I think when you get out here, we need to make another video about that because there's a bunch of great spots that we can use to highlight and we'll have a view from the side. And I think it'll show people what we're talking about and I think make it resonate a little bit more. And you're coming back out just booked today. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Drew going to be back in the Oz trails. I'm almost a part-time citizen of Bentonville now. Yeah. For the May 15th, 16th clinic. So Rob will come in a couple of days early. If you're signed up, you get a bonus. But dude, they're 51. It is packed. And actually, I think we're going to be adding for the first time in Ride Series history, a Friday evening session. Friday. Friday evening session, dude. Yeah, it's, it's blowing up. And I can't guarantee this. I might. Well, I'm just going to throw it out there. We be, Whoa, wait a minute. Stop the presses. Yeah, bud. Productions dropping a nine ninety nine super chat. Yeah, bud. Once yeah. again, Rob, I forgot about the super chat. Super chat. Thank you, yeah, bud. Productions just bought you a bagel and an onyx shake. What do you think of that when you come out? I think I'm due for the onyx shake because I didn't get one. <laughs> oh. Excuse me. So yeah, you're gonna come out and. Uh, it's funny that yeah, but Productions is on here because I just got the thumbs up from him. I hope for that day to shoot that Thursday. We're gonna make movie magic, Brock. Love Drew magic on that day. So I'm excited because we have a couple really good ideas. We're gonna do a drop video. Yeah. And I'm gonna title it, You're doing drops wrong. And then we'll do a jump video. And one that I'm not going to say anything about. It's going to be a surprise when we break it down. <clears throat> yeah. So very excited for you to come out for that. And then we got some Texas clinics coming up. And then where are we going after that, dude? Where's the summer taking us? We're going to uh, Tennessee. Oh, dude, I forgot about that. Yeah, we're going to Tennessee. We're going to Indiana. We're going to Chicago. Going, well, let's. these are two different silos. Okay. We're going to Tennessee because we're going to Winrock. Mm-hmm. Uh, trail go, party. Yeah, we're going to go hit the trail party race. We're going to use that term loosely. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's going to be fun, you and I, doing our runs together. Yes. Um, yeah, so we'll do that. We're going to go hit Canuga as well, so that'll be a fun one. And then, man, it's going to be a quick turn for you right after to go to – TDS. TDS. Dude, man, you're going to go, okay. <laughs> I get in my van and I drive to Northern California. Yeah. So you're going to go fly into Nashville. 
you and Andy. We're going to do Windrock. We're going to do Canuga. And then you fly out and then you hop in your van and drive to TDS. Let people know what that is. I don't know that everybody knows what that uh, is. TDS is the Dirty Sanchez Enduro. <clears throat> and it's a once a year incredible adventure. Uh, tribute to Buddy. Uh, it's, it's something words can't describe. I suggest you go to their Instagram page, uh, TDS Enduro, and just look at uh, some of the footage from past events. It's just the most awesome group of people getting together at a private piece of land with the sickest trails, side-by-side uh, -side shuttles, unlimited good times for the weekend. It's fantastic. And it got, it got obviously COVID shut it down last year, but it's back on and I'm going. <clears throat> Very envious, dude. Someday I would love to go. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, it's one of those things. It's invite only, so you can't just decide to go. You have to get an invite. Got to be in. They're fairly limited. Uh, I and more and more limited all the time. There's there's always yeah. so many people. Um, there's always so many people that want to go and can't get in. And so I'm always so thankful that they allow me to return. Because yeah. it, is, it is a really, really good time. <clears throat> Yes. And none of the footage that you could see of it, nothing you can find, uh, no coverage you can find of it will do it justice. Talk about the, you know, the GoPro effect, so to speak. You, you have to feel it. You got to be there to really get it. Um, there is no limit on, uh, on spectators. Like you can go there and even if you're not riding, you can bask in uh, the joy that is TDS. So I would encourage if, if you, you can make the trip, you, you do it because it's, it's something to see. It's a spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. The hecklers are top level black belt jujitsu freaking hecklers. It's full pro status on the trail side. And yeah, I wish I knew, I wish I knew a quick way for people to get to a video of Mason. So Mason bond is guys rad. Yeah. Ripper, he grew, up he grew up there. So yeah, he's he's kind of a part of the family, son of the TDS Enduro, and he came through once. And dude, they gave him the silent treatment. So everybody's doing this, yeah, the silent cheer. Not saying they, pick somebody, they pick somebody different, and the year that they picked Mason, it's hilarious because you can hear them screaming from a mile away as people ride by, and then all of a sudden, when the rider that they've chosen comes through, they're animated but they, they say nothing. And, and so the video of it is priceless because it's nothing but silence. And you hear the writers like, what come the on. Yeah. F you guys. Yeah. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, there's a question you're built, right? Uh, are you racing any of the AES as of now? No. And um, I, I just, it doesn't, <laughs> that's a lose-lose <laughs> situation for me. Um, enduro in the Midwest part of the country is, is very unique to the middle of the country, let's just say. And it, uh, if you're not in shape, it just, it doesn't work. And so I'd probably get some of that heckling if I didn't ride the pro class in one of those races. And no, I would get smashed by dudes that have much more fitness because they actually train for it. So I highly doubt 
unless I get in some semblance of shape, but I would race any of the AES, but no, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, that'd be nice if you could just go out and do it for fun. But the problem is there's so many people judging you and that's just not fun. Yeah. And that it's, it's one of those things that it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And I, I need to think about that because in a way it's, you know, bad for business. Well, we're working so much. There just really honestly is not time to train. I mean, between clinics, videos and work like my job. Yeah. I don't know when I would find time to actually get in, in legit racing condition. Uh, that, I think that time has passed me by though. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm okay with that. I don't. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I really had, I really had wanted to try to make the, the 50 plus BME this year. And when they decided that they weren't, that they were going to eliminate the class, you know, I'm, I'm kind of over getting handled by the guys who are younger and faster than me. Guys like Mike West. I mean, I know you beat him hands down, but that guy's got me covered. Yeah, and, and, uh, um, Lance, Lance Berg says, you have a job. Yeah, Lance, Rob has a job. <laughs> You're looking at my job. This is Rob's hobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I say I ride the bike for fun and fitness, but I own an auto body shop in, in the Phoenix area and we are very, very busy and very shorthanded. So it causes me to have to work a lot. Now I've been trying for a long time to get Rob to move more to the forefront in this. And I Rich would like me to quit my job. <laughs> well, we're slowly, we're slowly getting there. I mean, anybody who's watched any of these 39 people, actually maybe that's 3,900 3900, I think it is. Um, any of these 39 people that are watching right now, I'm sure you, if you've been watching for a while, you have an idea that um, this has grown a lot over the past couple of years. And this part of it, the whole YouTube part, and I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't really call myself a YouTuber because it's a, it, it's very much a full-time job and I don't have the time to give to it. And I'm not saying that like, Oh man, I just, I don't have time to do it. It's really cool. And I dig it. And I, I would love to be able to focus more time on it, but that would be, I think to the detriment of the ride series. Well, I think, I think we have the benefit of doing our best work face to face with students who come through the clinics. And so although you can't do things on YouTube, it's, it's not interactive. And so I, I think, Maybe not everybody can do what we can do. It's a compliment though. And that's the thing is, that's why I want to do it more. Somebody asked me the other day about my subscribers and, and where I'm at in the growth. And I'm like, it's 40 something. I don't care. Like, yeah, it would be great to have more subscribers because then it would be simpler or easier to get funding to make more videos. But what I come back to is the comments and the interaction, dude, that's right yeah, now it's, it's working. It's, it's a, good, uh, it's a good outlet to communicate with people who are interested in what you're doing. And so for, the, for that purpose, run it. Well, yeah, but that's why I want you to get in there more. Like that last video was great. You have a lot more insight, like on bike setup and things like that. Like, dude, the, uh, I'm still wanting to post my review of the two day class. <clears throat> so
So SWAT 957. I'm still wanting to post my review of the two-day class if you're cool with it. I don't know what review you're talking about. Give me a little more. Um, but I'm cool with it. Yeah. I mean, I'd love good. to, I'd love to hear what I'd love to hear what he thinks. Um it, it was, man, I had a I had a great thought, and now it just it escaped me. Dang it. Oh, dude, the 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 link, the link on the SL. Oh the cascade link. Like, dude, that's the perfect example of I would, you need to encapsulate that. So anybody who's watching, uh, if you have a Lebo SL, Rob will tell you, don't get a cascade link. Yeah. Yeah. So we got the Levos and one of the problems that I had with it, uh, well, this, this kind of is a great segue into the thing that I, I told you really, I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, what I've decided I want to do this year, and I've told a lot of people about it, and there seems to be some interest, is ride a lot of different bikes and review them, tell people what I think. I have a pretty diverse background. I think it gives me a great ability to uh, to test and try different products and, and analyze them. But the problem I have is I can't just jump on a bike and ride it once. It doesn't work for me. I... I, I I'm a creature of habit. I need familiarity. And what I like to say is if I get on a new bike, it starts here and I'm here. And over time I can make adjustments to the bike and move it closer to me. And I can adapt to it and move closer to it. And we meet somewhere in the middle. And the, and the, I would say the more the bike comes to me, the better the bike probably is to me. The more I have to accommodate the bike, the less I might like it but it's always going to be the best outcome when we come together, wherever it is on the spectrum. If I try to, from this distance, judge a product, it, it's never going to be good. Uh, I remember talking to you about some of my favorite, ultimately my favorite bikes after I'd ridden them the first time and, and telling you, I hate this bike. I hate this bike. It's not, I don't even want to ride anymore because of this bike. The prime example was the Firebird 29. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was just because, I, I didn't, I didn't adjust for what was so beneficial about the bike. And once I made those changes to me, uh, and my timing, suddenly the, the beauty and brilliance of that bike just revealed itself. And that's the same thing that's happening right now with the trail. I mean, when I first rode the demo, clearly pivot made tremendous efforts to make that bike light because the only complaint I ever heard about it, especially the trail was that you couldn't make it light enough if you wanted to maybe do XC riding with it. Or, or I was saying the enduro build, sorry. And so I love the bike. The weight was not an issue for me and, and I never would have complained about that. But subsequently the new bike I rode at like 28 pounds, it, it was not awesome for me. I really didn't love it. I could tell that there was capability there. And when I, and, and I, and I liked it enough, I bought one. I built my own, my way. And I've been riding it for, like a week now and the more i ride it the more i like it the thing is freaking legit so if i had i mean i showed you some of the review like my talking points my voiceover of the review before i had a chance to ride my own bike and it was not it was not super complimentary and i'm glad that it hasn't seen the light of day because yeah, dude this is even more reasoning behind why we need to do this together you're rowdy burns i'm cole trickle or you're Harry Hawk, I'm you Harry be Hawk. Harry Hawk, I'm Cole Trickle. I don't get, I'll write it. I don't care. But I appreciate your process. Now, 
Before we go any deeper, Matt here says he got a cascade length for a stump jumper and he can't say he noticed a huge difference. Just since we brought that up, and I think this is a very, this is a really important thing. This is a microcosm. I saw it. I'd, I'd seen cascade link on the forums. I didn't know what it was. Then I saw it. Hang I, on. I got, okay. And then I, I sent you a link that said, hey, dude, here's that thing I've been telling you about. And within like 40 seconds, you showed me the shipping information because you just yeah. bought it. Okay. Why did I, you buy it? Well, they hit me with targeted marketing too. I was seeing ads everywhere. And I don't know if my phone heard me complaining about uh, some issues that I haven't, I, that I hadn't quite sorted out yet with the SL. And they were all set up issues that were, that were, that were completely within the confines of the, of specialized design. It was just a tuning. It was just a matter of taking the time and tuning the thing. That's all it was, yeah. but I'm impatient. I want it to be right right now. And so I was kind of frustrated because um, the, the simple answer seemed to be more air pressure. And for some reason, I couldn't get my hands on the biggest volume spacer, which is what I, from the outset, I thought this is the, this is the solution I need. And I read their, I went to their website and I read, I mean, they're basically, their website says, this will solve every problem you have with the bike. You won't need to add air pressure. You <laughs> yeah. won't. And I'm like, they reeled you in, dude. Here's my car number. Oh, dude, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, you and I, I freaking laid out the money, and I bought that thing. It showed up. I opened. The, I did an unbox. I filmed the unboxing. It's a beautiful part. Like the the craftsmanship is beautiful. And I have, you know, um, Alex has been doing some testing for Specialized, and he has mixed parts from different bikes, and so he has changed the links. Uh, away from what Specialized had intended. And he's had, he's done it with an outcome in mind and achieved the objective. And he's done some things that he decided weren't beneficial. Yeah. And I'm sure Specialized would have told him that. Uh, you know, they, they spend a lot of money to make a bike work. And the SL is based on, let's call it old technology, proven, like yeah. vetted. That is a solid platform. There is no argument. Um, so to think that you can make wholesale changes to that bike and make it better to me seems strange. And in retrospect, it is a mistake. <laughs> when I, when I took the stock link off the bike and set it next to the cascade link, I couldn't believe how substantially different it was because on their website, it says it doesn't change the ride height. It doesn't change this. It doesn't change that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're sure you're one. Cause you have to be careful here. You're certain on their website, it, it says it does not change the ride height. You know what? Let me take that back until I go back and read again on the website. Okay. But that was something because that, that I remember as I, significant to me because that's important. Okay. All right. And, and the reason I'm saying that is you're giving your opinion on it, which is, it's not good. It's not that it's, it's the, don't get that part. Um, and, and what is the biggest issue? What was the biggest issue you had? You sent me two pictures. It was the ride height. It raised the back of the bike. So when I first rode the SL, it comes sitting in the low position. And on my first ride on the bike, I stopped and flipped the chip over on the trail because it was too low. It was pedal striking. It was an issue. Yeah. So I prefer the high position on almost every bike I have with a flip chip. But it the worked. first ride I did with the cascade link on it, 
I thought my dropper wasn't going down all the way. I mean, the, the bike felt so tall. I was like, what is wrong here? And so on the trail, I stopped and flipped the chip back over to try to get the thing to sit lower. I hadn't measured it, but I could tell it was high. And when I came back from that ride and actually threw a tape on it, the bike was sitting a half inch higher. Yeah. And that's, that's a country mile, dude. That's a long way. I No, I agree. But it's funny because John right there says he put the Cascade link on his Gen 2 Kona Process 153 and loved the changes. And dude, I've read everywhere about people loving. Everything I've read about Cascade products says they're fantastic. I've not seen anybody say they don't like it, which is what blew me away because I'm thinking to myself, you know, what's, what's wrong with me? But I know what I don't like about it. I, I, I freaking, they didn't give it to me. I bought the thing. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I know. So I, I did my part. I paid for it. I installed it. I rode it. And the, the kinematic changes that it made to what was yeah. before that, a phenomenal bike were, were not good. It was very so unfortunate. It, the reason I think for highlighting this story is it's fascinating to me because I'm like a lot of people here, like people make comments. I don't know if I'm a good enough rider to tell the difference. I think I would feel the difference you talked about, but I'd probably ride through it. Now, it's just funny to me because I think so many people, before they even ride it, they put it on and before they even ride it, they've told themselves, this is amazing. And that's what they go out and that's what they experience. Well, and that's real. I was just going to say, if you're in a crowd of people and everybody steps to the right, if you don't step to the right, you're, you're outside the, you're not in the crowd anymore. Yeah. So it's easier to just go with it. Yeah. And I mean, certainly I could say, Oh, it's great. Like everybody else, but I'm not doing anybody any good. And that's not true. I mean, for me anyway. Well, and again, this is one of those scenarios where we could delve deeper into this and we could make the assumption that, there's a lot of people that fall into this group think mentality. And if the prevailing sentiment is, oh, dude, this makes a huge difference, then, oh, I love it. I got it. It's great. Like well, I've told you before, if I, if I take my bike, if I go out in the garage right now and I put my levers toward me on the handlebars, yeah, you know, instead of in front of me to my index fingers, I flip them around and say, I'm going to use my thumbs. That's somebody will do it. That's yeah. But that's where somebody will do it. That's way more blatant. Like it, it absolutely, it's, it's completely, it's completely ridiculous, but somebody, if I keep, if I, if I keep a straight face, somebody would do it. <laughs> well, maybe so. I just, I, I find it so fascinating. Like there's need and there's want, you know, I had a conversation. Somebody asked me about the stumpy I rode. I rode that stump jumper Evo. And I, I've said this, I said it in the video I made, but I had two options. I could ride Daniels, which he bought the $4,300 comp, took everything off it and made it an $11,000 bike. Yep. You know, all the rad stuff. And Matt kept his, put Cushcore in it and kept it. And I rode it. And what was funny was I kept saying, oh, dude, the Performance Elite Fork. Had the Performance Elite Fork. And I, dude, I rode that bike so hard, dude. Following yeah, Alex on trails. Performance fork is great. Dude, dude, it was the rhythm. It wasn't yeah, even well, the performance. Rhythm is a is an OE brand name, but it's yeah. a performance. It, it's a it's a performance fork. Okay, so then that makes sense. But 
dude, I rode that thing hard and it worked incredibly well. And this guy asked me, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get it and just take all the stuff off it. And we kind of went back and forth and dude, I finally told him that stuff. <laughs> no, well, I probably should have, but you know what I told him was, I said, Hey man, I'm not trying to be a dick, but you'll never ride your bike as hard as I did ever. You don't need Kashima. That sounds like you're being a dick, but whatever. <laughs> but that's not, I was, but that wasn't what I was trying to be. You were, you were not attempting to be a I dick. I wasn't attempting to be. That was the byproduct. Yeah, that was the byproduct. But I was trying to tell the dude, you don't need that stuff. You may want it, but don't tell me you need it. And people at yeah. SRAM and RockShock are like, shut up, Rich Drew. He needs it. They don't care, dude. They don't care because there's always people... Like Axis, remember me saying to you, dude, I don't care about Axis. I, I don't need that. Need has nothing to do with it, bro. Oh, Axis dude, I'm wrecked. Cool. I'm wrecked. I need it now. Axis. I've been riding that genius. That genius has Axis. I need it now. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, John was saying he, he could feel how easy this, the stock process bottomed out despite shock adjustments. Get a hard G out of Big Cedar and feel the extra support from the increased progressivity from the link. What do you think of that? Well, the does the link inherently give more progressivity? Well, what happens is the way it moves the position where the shock picks up on it. Yeah. It it I'm trying to think, think of a pry bar with a rock, you know, you're, you got it under a rock and, and your lever is close to the rock yep. and you have a long arm that yep. gives you tremendous leverage. Yes. If you move that rock back, you move the fulcrum, not so much leverage. Yeah. That's what, that's what that piece does. It allows the shock to have more leverage over the suspension. Yep. Makes sense. Totally. Yeah. But then what you're doing is trying to trick the tune and the kinematics that they well, spent that's, millions that's, of dollars. You're changing the kinematics. And so if you, here's what I would come back to for me. I love the way the bike handled, especially tracking through like a, like a yes. corner, a long corner. Yes. I love the way the bike handled regardless of what benefit might have come from putting the cascade link on it completely changed the handling of the bike. And, and I didn't have a problem with the handling of the bike. Yeah. And so to me, it, it, it reminds me of when we talk about if there's a drop on the trail, you got a 20 minute descent and it's got this big drop and somebody's like, well, I bottom out all the time. So I'm going to put an extra 50 pounds of air and, and crank out the, the compression. So I don't bottom out. Yeah. It's like, dude, your bike you is going to the other 19 minutes and 40 seconds of the trail. It's going to be terrible, but you won't bottom out on that drop. It just doesn't make sense to me. And so that's my thing was the issue that I was trying to rectify was rectifiable within the parameters of what Specialized gave me. I didn't need an outside part. And the, the changes that the outside part made really, really ruined the bike for me. And so the, the best thing about it was when I took it off and put it back to stock and rode it and was like, oh, here's the bike I love. So that was a treat. They did you a favor. You only spent a couple hundred dollars to appreciate that bike even more. Yeah, yeah. Made me fall in love with it all over again. So thank you for that. Connolly asked that I like the SLX. I'm assuming that is on that bike. Yes. Yeah, it's SLX. So I bought the stuff. the The guy he the guy you're talking oh, that's about. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that took the all the parts off of his bike. 
I bought all those parts and I put that group set on my propane just because it was all I had. And I was shocked at how good it worked. Cause I'm a, I'm a SRAM guy. I don't like Shimano, yep. but, but it worked. It did everything it was supposed to do. And so I, I, I got no complaints. And for the, I mean, to think that you can buy that bike for under $4,000 built. Yeah. That's nonsense. Yep. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a ripping deal. Yeah. For a bike that's for a bike that's not a direct to consumer bike. That's crazy, a crazy good deal. I'm right there with you. And that's why I made that video. And I told and I told Dude, I almost went to Landis and bought that because they, they, so, they had one there. Oh, so dude, hang on. Um very quick, the runt by Diaz suspension. You like that, right? Diaz knows what he's doing. That guy knows his stuff. Yeah, he's, he's that really guy's sharp. I would trust that dude with my life. Yeah. So that's, and that's, is that kind of like a um, ramp control cartridge? Yeah, it's kind of like a MRP ramp control. Um, he was the first guy that I heard about who came up with something like that. Honestly, it's, it's been a long time. I mean, when I yeah. first started racing, he was still racing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, guy's legit rider, very knowledgeable with suspension. Oh yeah. He rips. I saw him riding Sedona. Yeah, he's, so, he's the real deal. That's funny. Kyle Quigley says SRAM drivetrain, Shimano brakes. Another great example. I dude. will not argue, dude. The SLX brakes. Very the SLX brakes are great, but super dependable. That's one of those things where I just, I don't care. I've never been on a bike where I said, dude, these brakes don't work. Now, mm -hmm. granted, that's coming from somebody who rode with two piston XTs and 180 rotors for BME races. Yeah, but two piston XTs had bite, dude. Yeah, I thought they were great. These were like an on-off switch. Yeah, I just, uh, it's funny. I need to start getting more particular, I think, about things. Now, well, Matt, yeah, the, Matt asked. The Fazaris have the new codes. Yeah. The RSCs, those are, those are good. I just put a set of those on my Z-Road. I haven't ridden it yet, but. It, dude, this genius has XTRs. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah, I've Dude. talked to some people who buy the XTR levers, put them on the XT4 piston calipers. <laughs> dude, that is gnarly. Yeah, those levers are plush. Yeah, dude. That bike stomps. That bike does everything really well, but we're not going to get into that. Um, Matt asked if I could only choose one bike for all situations, what would I go with? One by all situations. I mean, for all situations, for me, the quickest answer is the SL. Yeah. Just because I, I think for all, literally all situations, that bike, I'd be okay riding it in some big stuff. Yep. And it's a cool enough bike to just do like long, long trail rides. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's going to be places where it wouldn't be your best option, but it would, you know, for, if you could only have one bike, that'd be a, a pretty sweet bike. Yeah. Cause the yeah. thing motos for sure. And you know, even if you're doing like an XC ride, it's assisted. So who cares if it's 40 pounds? It's funny. It's a 20 mile per hour lazy boy. It, it is, but I was doing some coaching with a group from Oklahoma and I didn't realize that I should have put two and two together. They're from a, they own a power sports shop. So it's a yeah. whole power sports crew. So of course they're going to be on e-bikes. Yeah. So I show up and they're all on specialized e-bikes and I was on the genius. 
they're like, Hey man, do you want to go get your e-bike? And I kind of, I looked down, I'm like, nah, I should be all right. And those guys were ripping it. And I was right there with them. And I said something to somebody the other day, I was up at this new stuff here and I was on the Scott and they're like, dude, are you liking that bike? I said, yeah, way too much. Like I literally need next time I ride, I'm going to ride something else. Cause I've only chosen this and that's all I want to ride. Like it, it was, it was the, the spur, like the spur was that's, I got to ride that bike. It bumped the spur out of that slot. Dude, it bumped the spur out of that slot because it's, I mean, it's 150. It's just, it's a more capable bike, but dude, it pedals so well, man. It's crazy. And even those weird bars, dude, it just works. I don't understand it. So Another have you ever ridden a bike with TRP brakes? I haven't. I've seen I hear good things about them. I believe that they're good. Kyle is on here saying they're his favorites. And I've heard a lot of people say. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say good things about them. I believe it. You know, there's several companies out there that, that are, that are more brake companies. Yeah. Yeah. Shimano brakes, Connolly saying Shimano brakes, no modulation, but allows later braking because of bite tends to help an intermediate intermediate rider set up for corners later and then get off the brakes. Yeah. Shimano's always had a, a lack of modulation, but yeah. what I like about them is the free pull is very light. And so when the, when the brake, the bite point is very distinct where some of the SRAM brakes, the, the, the spring, the return spring is stiff enough that the, the dead pull is more significant. And it's, it's kind of yep. vague when the brakes engage. And so you find yourself over braking before you realize. Yeah. Brake. yeah, dude, that's so funny because that happens to me so much. Well, and the problem is when you, if you ride just one, you adjust to it. But when you bounce back and forth, it's problematic. Oh, dude, yeah. And I have that's how people them. break their necks and backs. Yeah, you got to kind of ease into it. I've just become programmed to make those adjustments. Like I just, by nature, make those adjustments. I'll come in, I'll hit the brakes a couple of times and I drop into some stuff going down. So within the first 10 minutes of my ride, I can sort that out pretty quickly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have to worry about it, but. Yeah, that's a real thing. And it's interesting because it's fun. I mean, it makes gives you an appreciation for the different parts and how they work. Yep. And yeah, Eric asked if the Oz trails are e-bike friendly. Very much so. Yeah, they're they're designed very much with e-bikes in mind. This might be one of the best places in the world, as far as I know, to ride an e-bike because I can ride out of my house and I can hit probably 75 miles if I have my SL with a um, range extender and the then a new extender. Evo. What, what exactly is that? I've never heard of that. I've never seen one of those. Dude, they're not in stock. I told you that. You can't get what's not in stock, dude. Sorry. The other option was call a few stores and buy one and they're not cheap. They're like yeah, 350 that's, bucks. That's, that seems to be my lot in life. <laughs> okay. But yeah, e-bike friendly indeed. And the new Levo apparently has just an unreal battery life. Have you looked at it at all? Have you seen like that Why? computer? Why? I can't, I can't have one. What's the point? Very frustrated? No, I don't need to. Someday. So the state of the bike industry is pretty incredible right now. Yeah, it's, uh, 
It's nuts. Yeah, Rob's saying if he could only find a bike. Yeah, I mean, is it gonna is it gonna change anytime soon? What do you think? Uh, I was talking to somebody in the industry today, and there's mixed reviews. Some people don't think it's gonna it's gonna sort out till 23. You know, wow. other people think that like spring of 22 maybe, but yeah, it's it's getting really bad because the demand is off the charts, but because no companies can can complete the bikes, they can't fulfill the orders. And so, you know, the, the mortgage has to be paid and the rent has to be paid and the electric bills have to be paid and, and all the staff have to be paid. And if you can't sell bikes, yeah. in spite of the demand and people out there screaming with cash in their hand, what, what do you do? I mean, it's a, it's a really, really awful situation. And it's not just the bike industry, everything, everybody is in the same boat. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy weird time. Yeah. I, I hope that we see a change soon because <laughs> there's so many people wanting bikes and well, and you know how many of those people are not going to ride them they're going to get them and they're going to sit in the garage and then they're going to sell them i mean when this does sort out there's going to be a glut of product and a glut of people selling used bikes and and the value of bikes is going to plummet and that's just this it's cyclical that's the way things like that go yeah well it's i've interacted with so many people about it and it's just it's hard. I feel bad because people are leaning on me to give them the answer of which bike to order. So they can at least know they're going to get something. I would say order the bike you can buy. I mean, that's what I've said to a lot of people. And like a guy was, they were staying at the Airbnb right up the street and he ordered a spur and he said he ordered it because of what I said in the video. And he was all fired up. He's like, it's coming in May. And he left and they, he called me a couple of days ago. He goes, dude, I called my shop just to check and see if it came in. And they're like, oh, no. Yeah, we're, we, we're not getting it because we, we can't do it. We can't fill it because we can't do the parts. And it was funny because I told the guy, can you just get the frame? Like, get the frame. He's like, well, I want that X01 build. I said, yeah, I appreciate what you want. But, dude, get the frame and put whatever you can put on it. I said, as long as it had that shock and that fork, I don't care what else is on there, dude. Get the yeah, well, some companies don't sell uh, just frame sets, unfortunately. Uh, but even that's changing. I mean, there's companies now that are, that are willing to let, let bikes go out on, on incomplete because the dealers are like, yeah, we'll, we'll sort it out somehow. We'll put it together with something. So, yeah, it's, uh, this is Martin. Martin's made a couple comments here and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to get to it, but I'm going to now, he says, we need Oz trails across America. So he would love to see Walmart and other corporate giants do for America what Walmart has done for Bentonville. It's not going to happen. There's not a chance. And I'll tell you, first, not the, political will. the political will is the problem. Well, the political will first. Yeah. But here's the other piece is there is a public use statute in Arkansas that says you can't sue if you get injured on these trails because you're not paying for them. And that doesn't exist in every other state. And that's the well, biggest problem is people are I just would be, I would be interested to see how that there, there's nothing that would stop somebody from suing. 
Oh, they've tried. The question is, can they get anywhere? And yeah. well, the, the, the financial backing of who they're up against makes it very challenging. I don't know if it gets to that because they're not up. They're up against municipalities. That's who they're up against. And there's, there's no precedent for it. And that's what it comes down to is there's just, there's not those people, those few instances where they litigate, there's no precedent for them litigating. And and you understand, you understand why there's no precedent, right? Because thousands and thousands and thousands of people use it and they track that and they don't have issues. So when you're one person out of a million, there's not a good chance that you're going to move forward with that. But either way, that's part of it. The political wills, another one. And it's not simply Walmart. Like that's the thing here is Walmart was the impetus for it, but it's the family foundation and more importantly, two of the the grandsons that are doing it. So as much as you think it's Walmart, it's not Walmart. Um, Ooh, here you go. This guy wants thoughts on the 2021 trail 429 versus the old model. He's on a 2019 and love it, but is it worth the upgrade to the 21? (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say no. I, I haven't ridden it, so I don't know. So I loved the previous one. I thought it was a fantastic bike. And when I bought it, when it came out and it was a, it was a limited production build, I decided to buy one because not that I wanted one, but I just figured, well, this is going to be a good investment. These will be worth a lot of money. So I bought it. And the first few times I rode it, I didn't have it set up right. And I didn't, I thought this thing's no good for me. It's too small. La la la. And then my buddy, Alex Red Mountain Goat helped me dial it in. And I remember you were out here before I even made friends with the bike and you were riding it, (laughs) loving it. And I was following you and thinking, why doesn't it look, why isn't it that fun? Why isn't it as fun? Why don't I look that cool? Why isn't it as fun as it looks for him when I'm riding it? Long story short, I got it set up. I loved it. It became my favorite bike. Kind of like you were talking about with that Scott. It was the, you know, when I went out in the garage, I had five bikes. That was the bike I jumped on and rode. I loved it. And when the new one came out, just like when the switchblade got replaced. You know, I loved the old switchblade. And so I, I was hoping for some improvements to the switchblade. And what we got was a completely different bike. Uh, not even really in the same category, in my opinion. Yeah. So I was, I was tempering my disappointment while I was testing that bike. And once again, when I, when I had when I adjusted my expectations to what that bike had to offer, it, it proved itself to be superior and I love it. And that's, that's fast becoming the case with the new trail. I loved the old one, but the, the changes are good changes. That's the thing is, you know, started with the, with the Mach 4 SL to the vertical shock configuration. I prefer that. I think it's much more functional and it centralizes the weight in the middle of the bike. It just works better. And that proved to be the case with the switchblade. And now it's, I think it's the case with the trail. So yeah. if you ask me, I say, do it. Well, and, and I, everything you said makes perfect sense. And I, I definitely think it's worth it, but I don't think you have to like. No, the old have, bike's still a great bike. Yeah. And, and if you, don't have, have, you see people ride the new one. Yeah, whatever. Just don't ride it and you're fine. As long as you don't throw your leg over it, you're fine. But that, if you have a regular trail, what I tell you is upgrade the fork 
Yeah, if you don't have the enduro build, just switch it out to the the DPX2 and the 36. And what's that? Can you get that DPX2? You can now. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, originally, originally when it was a limited build, that shock was was specific to that bike, and it was limited, so you couldn't just buy it from Fox. But now it's it's a regular option. So check this out, dude. Looks like Pilot Matt K. You're gonna love the irony behind this. What do you think about e-bikes giving capability above skill level? <laughs> How ironic is that that we just had a talk about that today? We literally were talking and emailing about this today. Yeah, there's a place there's a place in Mesa near me called Haas Trails, and they've just built they've just done a ton of trail work and built some really awesome trails. And there's a lot there's a lot more people new to riding going out there. And my friend Daniel was just out there today. And he, he sent me a message and said, you and Rich have to do some e-bike specific training because I've never seen more people just piling themselves up on these e-bikes. Yeah. I guess there was a bunch of ambulances out there today, but he said, they go 20 and they're crashing at 20. <laughs> crashing at 20. Um, Connolly has a good, some good insight. He said, pick a bike for 90% of the riding you want to do. And I love it. I agree. And what yeah. he says, throw different tires on a short travel bike. And I like that because I think yeah. if you get a, a capable shorter travel bike and I would have two wheel sets, you know, run like a more XC ish trail wheel set and then a burlier one. Yeah. But, you got, well, that, that trail is the, is a perfect example. If I had a set of 24 spoke wheels, I could build that thing under, I could build a thing to be 25 pounds and how I like it is 32 pounds. So yeah, I agree. But we talked about this before when we did the video about underbiked or overbiked. Um, the, the small bikes are so much more capable than they used to be. Yep. And the big bikes are so much more efficient than they used to be. So really yeah. it doesn't matter which way you go. You're, you're, you're going to be good. Connolly also asked how my time was with BKXC. It was rad. We had some fun. <clears throat> he's a, he's Brian's a cool dude. Um, we rode a few different places and yeah, I think he had fun. It was cool to see him here, see everybody. Uh, just freak out when we're on the trail trying to film how much yeah how much exposure he brought to a lot of trails so it's pretty exciting pretty exciting and then uh i think that's it where did i get the landing pads they're called land waves just google land wave landings and there you go they're not cheap and they're not easy to store or transport so or buy good luck or, or no you can get them now okay. i think they're available now so we just got some more all right dude that's it. We got to clip it. We're out. It's late and I want to go watch the Salt Lake City Supercross. Oh, I forgot that was on. I'm going to go turn it on. On, dude. Yeah. So, Exciting. all right. Let's, I know we keep saying we're going to try to do it again soon, but let's really schedule it. Bro. Okay. We'll schedule another one soon. Here's the so. truck on the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So stay tuned. We'll do it again. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody people. for tuning in. Hope you like the video. Yeah. Tell, tell Rich that I need to be in more videos. He's going to be vote for me. Everybody vote tell for him. Everybody tell him. I'll make all your dreams come true. Yeah. I'll make all your dreams come true. Later. Over